Fantastic. Thank you so much, Adele. It's so good to have you back, hey? And uh, welcome to any first-time visitors as well. It's good to have you in the house. I love meeting new people. It's awesome. And, um, and thank you so much, Chris, from Oikos Church. He's probably down the back getting some water. Thanks, Chris. You're a real blessing coming in here to... Yeah, give him a hand. He was fantastic this morning. Um, yeah, and Pastor Jacob is over, as Adele mentioned, over at the Wanneroo Nursing Home with some of our kids as well, and we know they're going to be a real blessing there. And last week, I forgot to mention, we've been doing our, our faith pledge for our building fund because we're working towards our own building, and I forgot to give our total figure last Sunday. So we got it here this morning, and it is $34,015. So there you go. That's fantastic. So that's for the, uh, the next 12 months that we're working towards, but we're really believing God's going to do far and beyond and exceed even that in Jesus' name, hey? Fantastic. So I just swear I'm going to be preaching a message this morning on eyes of faith, and uh, I'm really excited about this me- message, but we're going to kick off with a clip first of all. Faith. What is it? Being sure of our hope. Convinced of what we can't see. By faith, we understand the world was set in order at God's command. By faith, Abel offered God a greater sacrifice than Cain. And for his faith, God commended him as righteous. By faith, Noah trusted God and constructed an ark for the deliverance of his family. By faith, Abraham was willing to sacrifice Isaac, his only son, believing God would still fulfill his promises. By faith, Moses chose to be mistreated with the people of God rather than enjoy sin's fleeting pleasure. By faith, God's chosen nation crossed the Red Sea on dry ground and praised him as it swallowed up the Egyptians. By faith, Rahab the prostitute escaped destruction because she welcomed the spies in peace. Time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, David, and the prophets. By faith, they administered justice shut the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire. But others were imprisoned, murdered, and wandered in deserts, mountains, and openings in the earth. We are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. So get rid of every weight, of every sin, and run. Run with endurance the race set before us. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. He is the champion and guide of our faith. For promised joy, he endured the cross, thought nothing of its shame, and having risen again, has been handed his deserved glory at the right hand of the throne of God. Fantastic. I'm just going to pray. Lord, we just thank you for who you are, Father God. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you that... uh, 
that we can put our faith in you, Lord God. We thank you that you're our rock, Lord God, and we just commit this to this time to you, Lord. We just pray that you work on our hearts, Father God, and, and that your will be done, Lord, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Fantastic. So a few years ago, I took uh, my daughter, Tiffany, to get her uh, immunisation needles. And uh, so it was a, a few years ago, my kids, my boys were at school and, um, and they were probably pre-primary, uh, maybe year one sort of age. And, uh, and so when they got home from school, I said to them, oh, Tiffany got her, her needles today and she was a really brave girl. And one of my sons said, no, she didn't. And I said, yes, she did. I said, why would you say that? He goes, well, I didn't see it. And I said, well, just because you didn't see it doesn't mean it didn't happen. And, you know, it got me thinking about the things in my life that I'm believing God for. I'm believing God for these things in my life and because my circumstances haven't changed in certain areas, sometimes I come to the same conclusion. I come to the conclusion that it mustn't be happening or maybe it's not going to happen because I can't see anything happening. And, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only one or I hope I'm not the only one, otherwise I'm preaching to myself this morning. I'm sure there's times in all of our lives where we are believing God for things and because our circumstances haven't changed... And because um, our issue or our problem uh, or whatever our circumstance is exactly the same, we come to the same conclusion. Well, maybe it's not going to happen or nothing must be happening because I don't see it happening. Our faith is dictated by our circumstances and we begin to have the same attitude as my son. Uh, I can't see it happening, so maybe it's not happening. But I want to tell you this morning the same thing that I said to him was just because you can't see it doesn't mean it didn't happen or it's not happening or it's not going to happen. You know, there's a story in the Bible about a prophet named Elisha uh, and he would warn the king of Israel uh, of every move that his enemy would make. So every time uh, he would warn them. And so the king of Israel was always prepared for his enemy's moves. And uh, the king of Aram, who was the enemy, was infuriated by this. And so he asked a few questions and he found out it was because of the prophet Elisha. And so we pick up the story from there in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 13. It says this. It says, go find out where he is. He's talking about Elisha. This is King Aram, uh, the king ordered. So I can send men and capture him. And the report came back. He is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. And they went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early in the morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet warned. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And so you've got two men here and they've woken up one morning and they look out and they see two completely different things. One man, Elisha's servant, sees the city surrounded by enemies and the other man, Elisha, sees what's beyond the human eye. He sees into the spiritual realm. But the servant begins to panic. He's like, oh no, what are we going to do? How many times do we ask that same question? How many times do we panic and say, oh no, what am I? As if we're going to do anything. What am I going to do? And we look at things in the natural 
We have our eyes on our circumstance, we have our eyes on our issue and we have our eyes on our problem and we start to try to do things in our flesh. And what we try and do is we start devising a plan B, except guess what, plan B never works because there's only one plan, it's plan A, it's the plan of the Lord God Almighty, amen. And so the servant is looking at his circumstances and he's looking around at things in the natural and he begins to panic. Yet Elisha is looking through eyes of faith. Eyes of faith. And his response is this, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Elisha sees God's army. He's looking past the human eye. He's looking into the spiritual realm and he sees the army of God. Eyes of faith show us that circumstances and issues and problems that we're dealing with aren't as bad as they seem. They're not as bad as they seem. Eyes of faith tell us that God is always working behind the scenes. Eyes of faith show us that God is on our side, always. Not sometimes, not when he feels like it. He's not like us. <laughs> but today I feel like, I feel like going to the gym today. <laughs> Me and Adele in the office, did you go today? Oh, yeah. Not when he feels like it. He's always on our side. Eyes of faith give us strength. Eyes of faith give us hope. Eyes of faith give us encouragement. And we see past the natural into the supernatural. And what we see is that we have an army on our side. An army on our side. How cool is that? We have our own army. When you're in God's kingdom, an army comes with that. I want to take us to the story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. So these guys were found guilty of not bowing down and worshipping the idols and gods of the king of that time, King Nebuchadnezzar. He ordered that everybody uh, bow down to his god and they said no. And so they refused to worship anybody or anything else other than the one and only true God because there's only one and only true God. Amen. And so they were thrown into the fire as punishment. And, and, and the fire was so hot that it actually killed the soldiers that threw them in there. And so uh, this is what ha- happened after they'd been thrown in, in Daniel chapter 3, verse 24. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that were tied up and thrown into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego came out of the fire. You know, we don't know, the theologians, theologians don't know if the fourth man was an angel or Christ himself, but either way, God gave King Nebuchadnezzar eyes to see what was truly happening behind the scenes. He saw what was happening in the spiritual realm. And as bad as the circumstances appeared for these three men, and we have to remember as well that they were actually in the fire. They weren't about to be. They weren't just near it. You know, sometimes we're just near our, our issue or our problem or we, you know, how many times do we start to worry or, or panic about something that we think might happen? These guys were actually in the fire. 
not just threatened by it. This is, this is actually what happened. This was their response. When they were threatened by it, when, they said, when, when King Nebuchadnezzar said to them, if you don't worship my God, this is what's going to happen, this is their response in Daniel chapter 3, verse 17. If we are thrown into the blazing fire, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of God you have set up. Talk about courage. Talk about strength. Talk about faith. They're like, our God will deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we're still going to worship him. He is still our mighty God. You know, I heard it said recently, you know, when we're holding on to uh, God's promises and the prophecies that have been spoken uh, over our lives, it's not so much about holding on to the promise. It's not so much about holding on to the prophecy, but it's holding on to God's faithfulness to deliver that prophet that prophecy or that promise into your life it's about his faithfulness to deliver it not so much about holding on to the promise but onto his faithfulness and we sung all those amazing songs this morning that back up exactly this it's his faithfulness hebrews 11 11 says and by faith even sarah who was past childbearing age was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who made the promise She considered him faithful who made the promise. It wasn't so much the promise. The promise is good, but you hold on to the fact that he is faithful to deliver it. And he was faithful to Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. He was walking right there beside them. I see four men walking around. There were three men thrown into the fire. And Nebuchadnezzar said, I see four men. He was right there beside them walking through their trial. And we have to know, no matter how bad our circumstance is, no matter how bad the issue appears to be or the problem, that he is right there walking beside you. That's good news this morning. That is good news this morning. You have to have eyes of faith to know that he is walking right there beside you, that he has not abandoned you, that he will never leave you nor forsake you, ever. Even if we feel like he has, he hasn't. Because we don't go by our feelings, we go by God's truth, we go by the word of God, we go by his character, we go by his faithfulness and he is right there walking alongside you. But not only is he with you, in verse 25, I think it's Daniel 3, uh, it says that that there were four men walking uh, around but unbound and unharmed unbound and unharmed he also not only walks with you but he releases you from the bondage of your circumstance or issue or problem how awesome is that you are free from from what has tied you up you you live above what's going on in the natural you know we live by a different set of rules in God's kingdom we live by a different set of boundaries we're not bound by what is happening in our lives you know, Pastor Malcolm preached uh, last week and he said, uh, he said you know, it, we need to have one foot in heaven and one foot on earth. And so we've got faith and action. He said some people have two feet in heaven and, uh, and, and we're sort of not much happening. Or, or we have two feet on earth and, and we start to get into our flesh and, and we start to devise plan B. We need one foot in heaven and one foot on earth to live in God's kingdom. And so 
we live above our circumstances. We're not bound by them. They were unbound and unharmed. We are protected by God. We are not shaken. When Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego came out of the fire, uh, this is what verse 27 says. And the satraps, the prefects, the governors and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched and there was no smell of fire on them unharmed and unbound uh, and you know we don't need a whole lot of faith to to live like this you know sometimes we, we kind of freak out well I just I, I can't do this I need more faith give me more faith you know you don't need to be a super apostle to live in this realm it, it, God doesn't call us to that you know take a look at the disciples in Luke chapter 17 verse 5 to 6 the apostles said to the Lord increase our faith Increase our faith, Lord. And he replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to the mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. We've got to take the pressure off ourselves because that's, that's faith as small as a mustard seed. Have you seen how small a mustard seed is? That doesn't take that much faith. The apostles asked, increase our faith, Lord. And he's saying all you need is faith as small as a mustard seed. You know, I, I didn't really have that much faith when I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. I was just kind of like, oh, well, um, you know, my life was a mess, drug addicted, uh, suicidal, just everything upside down. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll give it a go. <laughs> Tried everything else. Why not? Let's give this Jesus fella a go. I mean, to, that, that's faith as small as a mustard seed, right? I mean, that wasn't a whole lot of faith right there. It's like, mm, okay. I think uh, I got saved at Teen Challenge and they give you lessons and it says, uh, it's like, you know those books where you have Choose Your Own Adventure? <laughs> and, and it had, so I did a lesson and it said, uh, do you want to learn more about God or do you have more questions or do you want to give your heart to Jesus? I thought, oh, I'll just, I'll just go this way. I'll give, I'll give my heart to Jesus. And uh, best decision I ever made. Absolutely, powerfully, radically changed, set free and have never looked back in Jesus' name. But what came uh, after my salvation was obedience to God. What came next was action. And so I got baptised by faith. To all those that are getting baptised this morning, I got baptised by faith. I received the Holy Spirit by faith. I tithe by faith. I serve God by faith. I step out in my calling by faith. I preach here right now by faith. Faith as small as a mustard seed and then it's backed up by action in Jesus' name. Why? Because he's faithful to deliver. He is faithful to deliver. And it has to be both. It has to be both faith and action. Faith and action. Uh, James speaks so clearly about this. In James uh, chapter 2, verse 14, it says this, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone would say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I'll show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God, good, even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, I'm not saying that, James is. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? 
Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. Faith, action. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. Imagine being called God's friend. You know we're called God's friend? You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. So it's not one or the other, it's both. You know our building fund faith pledge, it's both. You know, we're believing God for so much more, it's going to take faith to go where we want to go. But we're also taking action as a church. You know, we're saving up towards a deposit, we're doing our pledges, we're doing our part. So it's faith and action. Uh, I already said that about Pastor Malcolm, didn't I? Hebrews 11, which is what we watched at the start, right? The big faith chapter. Don't you love that faith chapter? If you want to be encouraged in your faith, you want to be encouraged in God, just go read Hebrews 11. Such a good chapter. Uh, So many mighty men and women who acted by faith. They weren't perfect. You know, Moses wasn't perfect. We know that. That prostitute, she wasn't perfect. We know that just by the label she has. They're not perfect. They stumbled along the way, but they did mighty things of faith because they knew God was with them. He was walking alongside them. He was in the fire with them. And the Bible says because of their example, we are to keep the faith and keep going. We're to to endure. We're to persevere. When you don't see things happening in your life that you're believing God for, we use them as an example and we keep going. We keep believing. We keep understanding that God is walking alongside us. Hebrews 12, uh, chapter uh, chapter 12, verse 1, I think. This should be on there anyway behind me. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Don't you love that? He's the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Chris, if you wouldn't mind coming up, that'll be awesome. The pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, considered him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So that you will not grow weary and lose heart in those things that you're believing for. For just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. Doesn't mean it's not happening. God's always working behind the scenes. And we have to put our trust in that. Plan A is the perfect plan for your life. Who starts to do a plan B? Is that everyone? I mean, I've got my hand up high and it's staying up. Don't we? We start to see, we're like, God, you're taking too long. And you know, normally it's because it's not in our timing. That's normally what it is. It's like, you're you're taking too long here. I've got this, God. I've got this over here. Here, let's take plan B. But it never works, ever. 
It's fleshy and yucky. And you just get more anxious and more frustrated and more annoyed at people and, and you just turn into a monster. Well, I do anyway. <laughs> Until I get back to plan A. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's your way. I forgot about that. I thought I had it for a minute there, but hang on a minute, I don't. <laughs> and so I want to encourage you this morning, looking at Hebrews 11, those mighty men and women in that chapter, to keep the faith, keep going. If you feel like he's abandoned you, he hasn't. He's right there next to you. He's walking in the fire with you. Nebuchadnezzar, not even a Christian, he said, I see four men walking in the fire, unbound and unharmed. So not only is he there with you, but he sets you free from all those horrible emotions and things that are keeping you in turmoil. I'm just going to pray. Don't shrink back. Keep pushing forward. Put your trust in him again. He's faithful to deliver the promise he's given you, the prophecy that's been spoken over your life. You can't see it happening, but he is faithful to deliver it. It's not in our own strength. It's because of who he is. Ephesians 2, 8 to 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Lord, we just thank you for your word this morning, Lord God. We thank you that you're always with us, Father. We thank you that you are faithful. And today we choose again, again, we choose to put our trust in you. Even when we're faithless, your word says that you are faithful. Lord, I just pray for every single person in your house right now. That you'd be with them, that you continue to walk with them, that you'd increase their faith, that your peace would flood them, that they would give over their burdens to you, that they'd lay it at the foot of the cross and thank you for carrying them. Have your way in our lives, Lord God. Just while our heads are bowed, I just want to give anybody here right now who has not entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to give you an opportunity right now. It's just a simple prayer. And you can be like me. You don't need that much faith to pray it. Faith as small as a mustard seed is all we need, Jesus says. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart 
you shall be saved. That's what Romans chapter 10 says. And so if that's you this morning, we're going to pray all together. And if you like, you can even get baptised today too. What a day that would be, hey? And we could even pray that you're filled with the Holy Spirit as well. (laughs) What an amazing day on the 24th of November, 2019. Thank you, Jesus. You pray after me, church. Lord, I thank you that you died on a cross to set me free, to wash me clean. I choose this day to serve you, to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that for the first time, I would love uh, to pray with you and for you. Uh, The best decision of your life is when you pray that prayer. But you know what? It's just the beginning. You know, we have people getting baptised today that are taking their next step in the journey and I'm so excited about that. That's awesome. We love you guys. I think we should uh, play a song if um, if you don't mind, Chris. Yeah, cool. That'll be awesome. Just have a chat with God. Talk to him. Put your trust in him again today. Amen.